What in the hell? <laughs> it's the Discord recording thing. You have a robot? It's yeah. It's it doesn't work very well. We use it to record all of our. Uh, so we play. How many games do we play now, Steve? Um, three regularly, and then we. I think we were up to five at some point. Mm. Yeah, and so we record all of our games and put them places for posterity's sake. Nice. Oh. And so, to be fair to Craig, he has worked pretty good for my games. I think he just doesn't like you. Well, it's mostly Amanda's game that gets messed up. So she talks a lot of shit about him. Yeah, it's true. And you guys keep re- renaming him. I, I did two unflattering names. Yeah, after he failed a few times, I, I might have. Now this is going to end up on the podcast thing. It's going to be bad. So I, I don't want to admit you could to stop it and restart him. it. <laughs> I could. I, yeah. Oh, editing. Don't do that. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I he might have been named after some version of Donald Trump at some point and <laughs> some other things. I, I, actually, um, I think he was labeled a Trump supporter. Oh no. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe Rudy uh, Giuliani would be better. I yeah. <laughs> I like Craig. I think I think it, it's fine. He sounds like a Craig when he spoke in the very beginning when he when you when he turned on. So yeah, one of our um, players always starts every recording with a very cheerful hi, Craig. Dashiks um, <laughs> does a good um, Megan. Megan is the player. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, now he's not going to do it. It's like hi, Craig. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Megan is a long time. Lurker on the DNR Discord. I didn't realize there were so many lurkers until I actually like looked at the like who's talking and who isn't. I'm like, oh my god, there's like 15 people who actually type anything and 400 just lurkers. Like, yeah, they just <clears throat> just wait and prowl, whatever. Like, I, th- I think it's for some people, it's too big of a thing to jump into and, and feel like you have something valid to say. Mm-hmm. Which isn't true. It, it's pretty welcoming to most people. Yeah. I mean, it's if you normal. read general for about five minutes, you realize you don't have to have anything. <laughs> but yeah, it doesn't uh, necessarily have to be valid. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. I think, oh, Mark is here. Hey. Oh, you sound funny, Mark. You sound distant. Oh, that's not good. Well, that's a little better. Uh, okay, so he, he's doing his version of near far like Grover. <laughs> uh, all right, I, this so we, we're gonna put this on the Theriacon Twitch stream, and maybe somebody will come by. I don't know. I have no idea. Otherwise, there's a podcast thing where it'll go, and so I'm gonna get that stuff started. This is gonna be a, I have never streamed before. So oh, people so, have to know this exists first. Yeah. So uh, I'll give a little thing over in the server to let them know that that's going to happen. It's going to be a, I put a lot of work into this stream thing because what they're going to see is a Google Doc on the screen. It's really, really like high tech stuff here. Are so, we going to see this, or do we have to go to Twitch too? You would have to go to Twitch to see it, but um, all, all that's there is it just has uh, like who we are, and then that's I might a lot type. Of yeah, it's a lot of work. I'm telling give you, give us a link, Dave. Come on. 
All right, hold on. There, there's really be... nothing here. It just says we are Theria episode one guest Alex Herrera, and then has the cast name. Yes, but if someone <laughs> actually goes to watch and they want to chat, we have to be there. I hope I didn't spell Herrera wrong. That would be really oh, bad. that's yeah, that's that's the million dollar question. How many R's? First off, I have Let's three see. R's right now. Are there more R's? No, there are three. You got it right. You got it right. All Trust together. together. <laughs> Trust your gut. Herrera. Let me tell you about my SATs a long time ago when they almost didn't let me in because some lady decided that I had six R's in my name. <laughs> and I had to show them my school ID, and then they had to call my parents. It was a mess. Oh, did wow. You make, did you make them try to pronounce it with uh, all of those long rolling R's? Never. I would never do that to anyone <laughs> on Earth. I remember I had a... It was a college class, and the, the guy was... The teacher, he was from Brooklyn. And he was trying to like go down the list, and he goes, "Alex," uh, and I was like, "Just Alex, yeah, I'm here. Yep, right here." And the guy was like, "Good, didn't want to deal with that." <laughs> All right. What part of Southern California did you grow up in? Oh no, I grew up in the Bay Area. Oh, did you? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, born I and raised Southern California. Okay. No, I, that's where I live now. I live in Los Angeles. I moved down yeah. here for a job four yeah. years ago. For some reason, I thought you you grew up in in uh, Southern California. So. No, no, I've met a few people who have, and they tell me they wish they hadn't. <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> I mean, from my experience, LA's been fine, man. You know? Yeah. Huh. All right. Let me see. Okay. I think the stream is on. Let me see. It should be twitch.tv slash theriacon. Oh yeah, it's on. All right. I'm trying to see if anybody's here. Ah. Uh, there's two people. I'm one of those, right? Yeah. <laughs> be the other He's one. the other one. Okay. <laughs> well, that's good. I sent it out to there. There were 40 people in the Theriacon Discord. So, oh, I'll respond. Well, all the people in Europe said they would would watch except for... They're, uh, it's five o'clock in the morning for them, so they. <laughs> oh, let me get a link to this so people can click it. All right. I had caused that loop or not. Oh, it did it automatically. That's good. The the bot is working, so that's good. Uh oh, we got some echo, echo, echo. Yeah, turn off sound on the uh, Twitch page. Yeah, I did. Someone has it on, probably. I, 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 I did for a second, and then I said, "Hey, that's dumb. Don't do that." <laughs> yeah, I'm, I muted mine. I am unprofessional. You should also change the uh, description. Of your oh, paper. I should. I don't know how to do that, Alex. I don't. I got you. I, I totally got you. So, <laughs> go to creator dashboard. Uh, on Twitch. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. hold on. So click on the little. Click on your little portrait in the top right. Go to creator dashboard. All right, hold on. See, Dave. This, Alex this is a is, professional. I know he streams like every night. I, I no, no, it's, it's like four nights, four nights a week. Okay. So I clicked on the little Theriacon thing, and it says creator, and then there's channel, and back to it. Creator dashboard is the one you want. 
don't see dashboard. Uh, okay, man. Oh, wait, creator dashboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's over so, on the left. Yeah, yep. Click on that. And then you can go, it's going to take you to this weird page uh, where you have like viewers at the top and all these little things on the right side. You want to click edit stream info and then you can alter what you want from there. Yeah. Oh, there's a, hold on. See, Alex, so when you asked what this was, this is what it is. It's just tech support. Oh, yeah. okay. Sure. <laughs> okay. Happy I, to help. Happy to help. Yeah, that's what we brought you here for. We are Theria, episode one. Interview with Alex. Hey, we're up to seven people watching, so that's a start. There you go. All uh, right. Better than me. You only got like four. Updated. <laughs> well, I mean, nice. you could come. You could come in this Discord server and spam everybody every time you go on. And I wouldn't. I would never do that. I would never. You can. Do that. You can. But you can plug your stream here, and it's perfectly okay. That is true. I'll even uh, type the address in here. I'll, I'll wait till the end. I'll, I'll, I'll let you okay. guys do your thing. Oh, there I is no thing. This is it. <laughs> <laughs> For some background, um, Dave had the idea. I don't know, like a year, year and a half ago. Yep. Um, to, as kind of a get to know the community people. Um, so he, I, I think that was the first time we ever talked. Um, yep. So we did a little interview and then Dave kind of went through like the popular names you see on the discord and from back in the forums, um, just as a get to know the community people. Mm-hmm. And then we started doing like almost like an extended rest. We did like season wrap ups um, for groups for arc two and we had a couple cast people on. Um, so it, it's really a, a loose, not, I, I wouldn't even call it an interview. It, it's a loose chat. Okay. I think, it, I mean, it sounds cool. I'm down. I mean, I, I, I remember the forums. I definitely remember the forums. I didn't know you guys were doing this. I remember Ian and Xavier mentioning they were talk, talking to people. I'm like, oh, what? What is that? <laughs> yeah, it it I, wasn't I, really I, heavily advertised because we couldn't really put it like all over the discord. Mm-hmm. Although yeah. we probably could have, we just didn't push for it. You could just say, like, Hey, yeah, check this out. Or interview with, you know, whatever cast members. Yeah. One of mine. Well, I think it got buried in the like media channel. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm specifically not allowed to post a lot about <laughs> it without getting too much into that. Um, but like it gets shared on Twitter and stuff. So like, okay. Ian and Xavier shared theirs around. I think the the record podcast downloads was was uh, Xavier's episode got like a hundred downloads or something. Holy moly, Ooh, man! <laughs> well, we're we yeah. are going to improve on that. <laughs> I don't know. That's pretty beefy because Alex is here and there's nowhere else to go but up. I mean, I'm but down. I'm sorry, that slipped. <laughs> wow! wow. I, complete slip. I I promise. I. I don't yeah. know Alex enough well enough to insult him like that. No, no, you're right. You're right on the nose. I think I think yeah. that's spot on. I look forward right. to it when you make it to a Dragon Con. I'll buy you a drink. Nice. <laughs> so I think we could kind of officially get started. Um, so this is I don't know exactly what we've been talking about what it is. It's not exactly the interview show that it used to be, but we're kind of trying to do like a monthly, not extended rest, but sort of extended rest thing, but just talking to maybe one cast member or something. And uh, this month, it's Alex. Hi, Alex. Hey. Hi, Um, everyone again. (laughs) 
Yeah, so if you're out there listening, I'm Dave, uh, Math Guy Dave on the forum, and the Sheiks is here. Hello. Uh, Steve, the Wiki Guy, is here. What's up, people? And Mark, who used to be Noxus Cram, but is apparently now just Mark on the Discord, is here too. Hey. Yeah, so we were going to talk to Alex about, uh, I guess, the last couple episodes, maybe Respect the Crit, maybe some other random stuff, and just kind of see where where things go. Um, so maybe we can just kind of go in order with some questions or something. Um, maybe start with Dave Desheeks. Do you got anything for Alex? Oh, man. Starting with me. That's rough. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, I'm not sure how much we we know about Alex, right? Uh, obviously, he's been in DNR for a long time, but uh, but can can you just give us like a little bit of a background on what stuff you do? Uh, I, I think you do software development of some sort or game development, maybe. I, I don't know. Uh, just, oh, just... You, you flatter me, Dave. <laughs> no, uh, so. For my professional career, I am a uh, I've, I've done mainly mobile game monetization. So that's like uh, anytime you play a mobile game, and not necessarily ads, but you see like oh huge sale, premium currency. I am the guy who helped come up with what the sale should be, when it should launch, who should see it, and like the the outcome, the, the like what type of resources people should be getting. Um. Got into it by complete accident because I was going to school for game development. I went to college for uh, video game art and design in San Francisco. And I learned how to use Maya, Photoshop. We got to do this thing called prototyping where we had to create an app or a game using Unreal Engine 3 at the time. And we also had to do... um, it's called project planning and senior project planning where we had to pretend like we all worked in a studio. So our entire class was essentially one small dev studio and our teacher <laughs> created us pass fail. Basically, if we got a, a product quote unquote ready by senior pro the end of senior project planning. Uh, so kids who got F's were essentially fired from the class. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. We lost like three people. They dropped, they didn't drop out, but they got F's because they didn't do work. Uh, surprise gamers are lazy you know what a, <laughs> what a shock uh but yeah it was pretty cool uh after i graduated it was very competitive and the market had shifted from because i learned how to do like triple a development for like 3d modeling high-end textures at the time which were like 1024 by 1024 uh for, yeah not very not very great right uh but the market had shifted from that to mobile games and so there was a span of about i don't know three years two to three years where I was working all kinds of weirdo jobs. One of them included a traveling salesman for an accessories company. Uh, and I basically would go to my region, which was, which was the Midwest, Connecticut, Pennsylvania, and New Mexico. And I think one part of Colorado. So I would go on business trips. I would fly out there. I had to rent a car. I also got my license super late in life, like around 24, 23. So I would be in these different states driving, scared out of my mind. Uh, and as a Californian, I'm not a, an expert on snow. So right. when I'm in, you know, I'm in Illinois for the first time in mid-December. <laughs> and I get at the airport and I get to the rental car place and they're like, oh, do you want chains? And I'm like, why? 
uh, it was a big shock. It was a big shock. But yeah, during the time as like a as traveling salesman, that's when I started listening to DNR because you know I'd have flights anywhere between two to like eight hour flights, and I was looking for Dungeons and Dragon podcasts, and then I found them, and I was like, "What the hell is this?" And I listened to you know Group One, which was basically everyone Jason could find within arm's reach. Yep, and right. it was such a great dynamic. I think listening to that like. The, not the first few episodes, but like the middle of season one or arc one, I would say. Uh, that group he had, you could tell that like these, some of these guys had known each other for a very long time, if not all of them. Uh, so there's this like b- built-in trust that they had with each other. There's also the like the range of comedic value they had with each other. It was great, uh, and I remember listening throughout all my business trips. Uh, sometimes when I'd be driving from place to place, and then eventually. When I started my gaming job um, with this pretty large gaming company at the time, doesn't it, it still exists now, but it was it's different than what it was before, called Kabam. Uh, that's when Jason threw out the first casting call, I remember, and I was like, oh my god, I have to do this. I gotta do it. And I lived in a really small studio with my girlfriend at the time, and it was like, I had to send in a recording of myself, and I had to do it in the closet of our of our studio apartment, because it was too noisy. Uh, our window faced the street and there was just like, you know, San Francisco's literally motorcycles, bikes, dogs, and people, you know, and then if there is an occasional car, it's an old car and it just decides to like backfire as people are driving. So I had to record it in, in the closet and, you know, I got to do an interview with him and Izzy and it was, I thought it went well. And they're like, Oh, we had to go. With, it was for group three. It was when they were just starting group three. So he was like, Oh, you know, we had to pick a couple different people or, whatever so i was really really sad i remember thinking like ah damn it but they kept me as like friends on uh social media which was great uh and then yeah, yeah but you didn't end up on group three and that's important i did yeah yeah it would have been uh it would have been a different group i think entirely i'm not sure if i would have been on the show if i stayed on group three at that time because it was like it was one it was the direction that i don't take in rpgs or video games where it's like oh you're the bad guy you got to do bad stuff and it's like ah that's not how i that's not my first playthrough that's that's like playthrough three or four <laughs> um, exploring all the options yeah, yeah exactly because like oh, it's like being in groundhog's day right like i know how this day plays out like i already know what happens here but um yeah i've uh, been in mobile game i guess in the mobile game industry for six plus years now different studios i worked for one in SF, I worked for another one here in LA. I worked for a really big one that's based here in LA, but they have a headquarters in Korea, which was not the greatest time, but I got to give it to them. I learned a lot on that job. Like I learned that I am more powerful than I initially imagined in terms of like leading a team or organizing a team, breaking things down to into manageable sizes for like tasks and whatnot. And then uh, most recently, I worked for a, a, a small indie publisher here in Los Angeles, but because of COVID, they had to lay off a couple people. So now I work for a, um, a mobile streaming platform site, I guess. It's based, the main company is in China, but they have US office here, which is in LA. And I think they're opening one in SF at some point. But it's been an interesting ride for me in terms of professional career. Never, never standing still, which is like, I hate, I'm not a big change person i don't like change too much i like to you know sit in one area and be like this is where i'm gonna work for 10 years but in my industry that's not real like <laughs> i learned from a lot of the older guys in my industry like yeah that's never gonna happen just get used to moving around a lot and it's like oh okay cool well, I, I mentioned that kind of job structure changes frequently 
So the companies are always mm-hmm. trying to go with the flow of whatever the new thing is. Yeah, yeah. So, like, for example, uh, in mobile games, the big deal two years ago was, like, hybrid puzzle RPGs. And everyone was trying to make one. And it's like, well, now that everyone's making one, it's too late. Because the next big fad is season pass and battle pass. Battle Royale is the next big thing. And it just keeps shifting. So also with that comes, like, team changes or structure changes. It really depends on the company and how adaptable they are. And most of the ones that I've worked for, if not all of them, have been pretty good at, like, Oh, that was weird. I got kicked out. Yeah. Oh, you're back. Back. Yeah, that Craig does that. Craig does that to people he doesn't like. Craig, I thought we were cool, man. <laughs> oh, damn, Craig. So, with all those changes, uh, are you are you in LA for good? Or are you hoping to get back up into the Bay Area? Oh, damn, Mark, coming out with a <laughs> hard hitting question. Damn. Uh, okay, so. 50-50. Part of me is like, I love LA. You know, even during COVID, it's it's a completely different experience than any because I've only lived in like a, a handful of cities, but they've all been in California. And so part of me is like when when it wasn't COVID, LA was great. You know, I'd go and try new restaurants, go to different places. Uh and then when COVID did hit, it was kind of like, well, I didn't really do it that often. And now that I don't have the option to do it, I really want to do it. <laughs> Uh, so part of me is like, I want to stay here a little longer. But then there's another part of me that's like, I miss home, the Bay Area. I miss San Francisco particularly. I miss even the city where my parents live, which is like a suburb an hour east of San Francisco. I even miss that place. And I hated it when I was growing up there, when I, when I was in high school there. I hated it. I was like, this place sucks, man. I want to move. I'm going to move when I'm 18. <laughs> and then I didn't, I didn't move until I was like 22, <laughs> 23, I think. I was like, moved out. FYI, uh, that is every place. Yeah, I mean, that's... I kind of got that when I... When, uh, my ex, her family's from St. Louis, and so when I remember going out there a lot, and I remember thinking, like, damn, her hometown is eerily similar to mine. And then, like, my current girlfriend, she lives about an hour and a half... Her parents live an hour and a half north of where we are now, and, you know, I went to visit them for the first time, and I'm like, oh my god, her hometown is exactly like my hometown. <laughs> it's good. You see the parallels. It's like everyone has that that small suburban, I guess not small, but like, you know, a small s- suburb with the strip mall and the movie theater and like a park. It's, it's pretty much cookie cutter. So, so in the days of COVID is an hour and a half North of Los Angeles, like actually more than 15 miles. <laughs> yes. It's like about 23 miles. <laughs> yeah, okay, that's right. <laughs> my, my wife was at uh uh, UCLA doing her postdoc before I moved to North Carolina, so uh, I, I spent a lot of time in Southern California. I grew up out near Palm Springs. So, oh, okay, nice. I love, Palm Springs to me is like I'm sorry if we get on geographical tangents. I'm sorry. It's just this. That's like one of my interests is like exploring different places. But Palm Springs to me, it's like this weird place that time forgot, but everyone <laughs> loves to go vacation there, and I like it too. I went there on that little. Uh, they had the what the hell was it like that. That thing, I don't know what it's called, but it's like the tram. The tram, thank you. Yeah, and it yes. just like takes you up there, and I'm like, what is the point of this? Oh, the That's thing that goes up the mountain. Yeah, it's great, yeah. but like, yeah, is this is this was this absolutely necessary? Was this how the money should have been spent for whatever this funding was going to? I mean, I enjoyed <laughs> it. You know, it was a cool gift shop at the top. That's but, one of the few things I've done in California. I had to go out there for some work training, and it was in Palm Springs. 
So that was over one of the weekends. I'm like, I'm doing things. And that was one of the things that we went and did that in Joshua Tree. Joshua Tree. That's right. That's the other. That's right. Good place. Yeah. Yeah, I do like Palm Springs. I think if I ever take a, a, a short vacation after COVID, it'll be there. It'll be like the trial vacation first because everyone's always raving about, oh, we spent the weekend in Palm Springs. Oh, we got this, rented a house. And it's like, damn, okay. I didn't realize you were balling like that. Didn't know. Didn't Just know you had that kind of money. Don't go in July. It's not. Oh, no, no, no. It's never. a little toasty. Yeah. <laughs> it's like lizards dying on the street from how hot it is. <laughs> Okay, I, I saved two comments out of that very long thing. Number one, if, if you came to Illinois and they were trying to upcharge you to chains on tires, that was because they could tell you were the guy from California because mm-hmm. no, nobody drives around Chicago with chains on their tires. Yep. That's, that's, yeah. that's not a thing. Um, I don't even know if they're – well, like I live in Iowa. They're not even legal here. But uh, <laughs> maybe they could do it in Illinois. I'm not sure. Um, and then the other thing is like your, your job sounds more like a psychological thing than it does a game development oh. thing. It's like, Craig how did him again? Oh, he's gone. Yeah. Can you hear, oh. sorry. You guys hear oh. me? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. That's, yeah. that's been happening a lot lately. I've been disconnected and reconnected, but uh, yeah. no, I was just saying, I think your job sounds like a psychological experiment more than a computer design development thing. Uh. Like, how do we take advantage of people? Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna sugarcoat it. That's exactly what like when I first heard about it, when I got the my very first interview for my first uh mobile game job, I was like as they were talking, I'm like, yo, this is like everything I stand against as a gamer. Like I remember thinking, this how can I do this? And then they're like, Okay, break down this game for, like break, they had like the the Hobbit Kingdoms of Middle Earth in front of me and they're like, Okay, break down this game, we're gonna give you like ten minutes, just play it and figure it out. And I had a piece of paper next to me. I just wrote down everything I thought, unfiltered. And the guy who interviewed me, he was the basically the head monetization manager for that game. And, you know, 10 minutes were up. I gave him my paper, and he was, like, reading it right in front of me. He laughed, and he was smiling. I'm like, oh, I, I, I beefed it. I, like, I fucked this up so bad. And then he was like, you know, and he's a surfer guy, so he kind of, he tossed his hair back. You know, this is really interesting. Like, all these points that you made are very advanced concepts in live ops, so... Yeah, I think you have a good, you got a bright future here, buddy. And I was like, oh, oh, cool. <laughs> oh, cool. What the hell was his name? Colin. His name was Colin. And he lived, when I lived in SF, I lived on, uh, I moved from the one studio or the one, the, the small studio with my girlfriend at the time. We moved to a two bedroom at Ocean Beach, which is like the coldest beach in California because it's in San Francisco. <laughs> so no one ever goes there to go in the water unless it's hot. But he lived in the same area I did. So one day I saw him on the train headed over there and in my head, I'm like, don't ask him about surfing because you're not you're not going to get him to stop talking. And sure enough, the first thing I say, <laughs> oh, so do you like surf? Oh, yeah, totally. I'm like, oh, why did I? Why? Why did I do it? Dude. <laughs> All right. I think uh, so. We'll, we'll call the last 15 minutes the Sheik's question. And, uh, <laughs> I, have, I have more. I've been cut off. <laughs> oh, no, you have more. Uh, we'll come back. Uh, Steve, do you, do you have anything uh, maybe less open-ended than Alex's life story? No. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, I, was, I was highly intrigued by all that. No, um, it, it's, it sounds like a multi-level marketing scam, actually. Um, no, I, I didn't have a question so much as a comment. Mm-hmm. Going back to back when you started, Braylon started in Arc 1, Episode 90. Mm-hmm. 
do you know how many episodes he was in? <gasps> oh, uh, I'm going to take a guess. I think I was in around maybe 46 episodes. More. No, wait, are we including arc two and three also? Total. Oh, in total. Oof. Total as Braylon. Uh, 112. No, that's too many. Oh, um, <laughs> no, actually, Braylon was in, was the second highest episode person behind Merrick. Oh, wow. Merrick hit 75 in his last episode. Braylon was in 66. It's because we were the two of the two returning characters, I think, in arc three really gave us the edge. Yes. Yeah. I thought about that too. I'm like, who else is, who other characters considered veteran status? And I remember thinking. It, it would have been Merrick, um, Kaluna, um, yeah. but they dropped out. Calden. Calden, oh, of course. Calden. Yeah, we'll, we'll go into that too. David wanted to get some feelings. Yeah. I will say, you did say was, uh, but like, Braylon's not gone. Oh, no. Forever. No, no he's, he's alive. Yeah, he's yeah, alive. But, but the episode's kind of cut off, you know through editing, whatever, where we didn't really get any feedback or closure from Braylon's side on that. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I thought about that, too. As a, we haven't talked about it as a as a group or with Jason at all. I think he's saving that for something else. Usually, when he leaves, when he, I don't want to say redacts information, but keeps information or stuff close to his chest, it's because he's saving it for something. Yeah, I mean, I'm, well, I'm sure it would have been on an extended rest, but those have been canceled too so it's you know it hopefully you know, hopefully there is a sit down or maybe a not necessarily a character chat but a like they used to do the character journal kind of things mm-hmm. yeah or uh, the way the way i can see him doing it and this is all speculation because he hasn't mentioned this but i would definitely i could see it happening more as an epilogue where it's like if we have an issue or like maybe there's like a, a point in time where people can't record too much he might do like a, a recant or some sort of like check-in or something and then he'll probably ask the individuals whose characters he wants to get information about. That's more or less what I see him doing. But again, purely speculation because he, oh, yeah. he hasn't mentioned anything about it. Yeah. Like some of us singers he was doing. Yeah. yeah so exactly. Some of us had asked for that, you know, from arc one characters that we never heard anything else about. And it's like, okay, they didn't come back for arc two. What happened to them? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think these were left even more open-ended. Like, that group could still be doing stuff. We don't really know what they're going to do. Like oh. they could still be adventuring. We don't know. Uh, I mean, I can tell right now, Braylon would not be, if Colin's gone forever, Braylon's not adventuring for sure. Like that. Yeah. The black, the black hand's not after him. Yeah. He's, he's, so he's, he's pretty safe. Yeah. He's retired for sure. He's retired. Guarantee you hundred percent. If what Jason would ask me what he's doing, he's retired. What would he, would he stay or would he go back to Brightport? That's what I was going to ask. Given his family situation in Brightport, would he stay there? Well, he's stronger now than he was when they when they held him against his will. Part of me thinks that he would retire not in Brightport, but somewhere maybe like Lockford in memory, or not Lockford, uh, Fairbay, Fairbay, right? Because it's closest. It's where Tatiana grew up, and he'd want to do his fallen comrades some service by maybe I don't know establishing some sort of like a, a tavern or somewhere where he can tell the stories of all of them repeatedly so that they don't die off. Kind of like if you can imagine like in the movie, if you've seen it, Coco, where it's like, you, know, you have to remember your fallen relatives in order for them to exist in the afterlife or whatever the whole theme was. 
something where right. it's like that, where he's like, I don't want people to not know who they were, and I don't want them to ever forget who they were. So yeah, you could probably... keep an eye on on Tati's family. Yeah, yeah, especially them because they treated him so nice. They were they gave us food and shelter, and they were like, oh, she's great, and then she ends up dying. So I recall you still owe them a pie. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, he'd get them a pie. He'd get them a couple pies. Yeah, I feel like there's really only a, a handful of ways that a bard retires. It's either trying to publish their their stories, publish their songs, or it's to open up and enter a tavern where they can just continue to play them. Yeah, that's exactly who he would do. Publishing, I mean, that's 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 too nerdy for him. He wouldn't want to do that. He's more of an action type of guy. He wants to get up on the table and act out the scenes and play music while doing so. Writing a book, eh, that can be on the side, maybe. It's uh, it's not it's not his uh it's not his strong suit. Writing, eh, it's okay. Literally, let someone let someone else write the memoir. Yeah, yeah, get someone to like, hey, t- jot this down. Go, what's that guy's name? Sydney. He'll just get Sydney to do it. Hmm. I forgot so, about Sydney. So thinking about kind of those transitions, um, was there any of the arc changes where you had to seriously debate whether you wanted to bring Braylon back or not? <laughs> <sighs> For arc four, I know Jason wanted us. He's like, look, I I can't control what you do, but if you, I would like all of you to have like new characters. I want this to be kind of like a fresh start, fresh arc. But if you really want to play your old characters, we can talk about it. And I was like, mm. Braylon's been good to me, and I feel like when I created him, he was like the embodiment of a young naive Alex who was like, I'm talking like 18 to 21 year old Alex who was like, I'm invincible. I'm gonna go out and party, and then. Wakes up the next morning, looks at his bank account, and is like, oh my god, what what have I done? That's kind of the the framework I had for him. So I was getting a little I'm a little past that point, I hope, in my life where I don't do that stuff. <laughs> now in my 30s. Uh and I was like, you know, I think he's done. I think, you know, especially with all that he went through, it would it would not make sense for him to continue journeying across the area, even though there are other continents and stuff that are technically opened up, quote unquote. He it wouldn't be the same for him because he'd be traveling with that big hole that was called in and also the hole that was group, uh, well, group B in this instance. So it, it wouldn't be the same. It's like going to, uh, going on a trip with, with a couple of people and then trying to make that same thing happen again the next time. It's like trying to have, you know, lightning strike twice. It doesn't, it, it doesn't feel right. It feels forced. So I was like, I mean, I'll retire him. I think obviously the only thing that makes sense would be to do a lot of drugs and try to talk to Calden. The mushrooms? (laughs) No, because I had amnesia and he doesn't want that. That was, can I tell you that that, when that happened to me, well, that happened to Braylon, not me, thank God. When that happened to Braylon, I was thinking, like, he's going to die because he's all the knowledge he had or a nice chunk of knowledge he had is just poof, gone. The instincts to like a lot of survival instincts or like instincts on how to how to fight. It's just it it's gone. And I had to play as if I had that lack of knowledge. And it was very terrifying. It was very fun though. <laughs> oh, I bet, yeah. It sounded great on the on, on the recording where it's like, oh I don't know, you thunderclap. I'm like, oh god. Yep. <laughs> oh yeah. Those I think those two episodes or so were probably my favorite episodes of like arc two and three combined. The <laughs> ones where the, the drug trip and the thunderclap and the, the runaway horse, cart and all. Yeah, the horses off the Oh, we almost thing. killed the kid. We almost ran over the yep. kid. Oh my god. <laughs> yeah. That was the best. 
Um, so yeah, I, I had a question that kind of comes from what you were just talking about, which is like, how much did you bring into, and I don't want a lot of background on your new character because mm. I don't think we're supposed to know it yet, but <laughs> have you developed a lot or are you just kind of coming into it and feeling out what this new character is going to be like? Is it kind of, you were saying it might be like an older version of Alex kind of than Braylon or? So, I mean, when I developed, was, this guy, when I developed Tobin specifically, it was a different, I took a different approach. Uh, in the past, what I, what I would do is I'd make up three characters. And, okay, Jason, here's the three. Which one do you think sounds the most interesting or fits with what you want to happen in this arc? And he would always, especially with, with Braylon, he picked the one Braylon, out of the original three I pitched, was my least favorite. I remember I was thinking, like, I don't want to, I don't want to play a halfling. I don't want to play a bard. I want to play this badass cleric over here. Human used to go to, used to be in prison. And then Jason looks at the three. He looks at the three characters list, and he's like, you know, this halfling one, I like this one. What, what else can you tell me about him? And I was like, ah, oh, he was like a child star. Yeah, 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 yeah. Let's go with this guy. And I was just like, oh no, my first like, I get to play D and D with all these people, and I have to play this. But with Tobin, I had a list that I had, and I was like, okay, obviously I want a monk because I've been talking about playing a monk, and I've seen them in action, and I love them so much. Uh, so that was the my, my set in stone thing was uh, I have to play a monk because they're so badass. And even though a lot of people talk shit about the, the Drunken Master class option, or cla- like that, that, that uh, subclass, I just wanted something that thematically hadn't been seen. And in theory at all, besides, you know, Thantos and um I forget his name, the big bad who summoned the the dead dragon, the Dracolich guy. Oh yeah. What was uh, that guy's name? Giltos. Thank there you. There you go. Giltos. Yeah. I was like, well, you know, they're so they were not proper, but they were like very rigid and like our technique is by this style. And so I wanted to do Drunken Master. And so I pitched Jason this idea and I can't really talk about it, but you know, how Tobin got this style and how he understood it and and how he utilizes it and jason's like this is good i like this and i have basically structured pinpoints as to okay here's his background here his his, where how he ended up where he ended up and what his end goal is and how he's going to reach this end goal so i had all those worked out and then there's a couple of pieces of his personality that i took for myself so for one i can safely say is that as i'm older now and I've done a couple of different roles in the gaming industry. I took that same learnings and put it into Tobin, where he's very analytical when it comes to situations. So I think in the first episode, the only time I got to do that was when we're deciding where to go. And he realizes, okay, his partner in crime, who is, um, I think, Tuck. I forget Michael's character's name. I just In my head, I just call him Rage Bull. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tucker. But, Tucker, yeah, Tuck. So we put... In his head, he knows Tuck is very easily, he's like, gets, you know, ornery. He's like, I need to move, I need to do something. So he proposed, you know, getting somewhere where there's a lot of space so Tuck doesn't feel confined and, you know, go to Westport and get some supplies. But obviously, we had to do the old, uh, I guess, I don't want to call it a fetch quest, but the old, like, let's test out our moves first as a group mission. So that worked out just as well. Yeah, but even that was helpful as a listener because we didn't get any of that from the first group. Mm. Like we don't know anything about um, I forget, uh, the overseers. Overseers. Yeah. We don't really know anything about them. Yeah. We well, don't know classes or anything. That's their whole spiel. I feel like they want you to focus more on here's our business. We're going to succeed. 
and then when things hit the, when shit hits the fan so to speak i think then <laughs> we're gonna get a better picture of who they are it was interesting for this group in particular i think for all of us that you had that fight with the the cockatrice mm-hmm. and it went the way that it did because uh this very particular group of people that you're talking to had a mm-hmm. had an interesting running <laughs> with with that exact same thing didn't didn't we mark what what i don't remember if ours was basilisks or cockatrices um, yeah, but yes, it was two. essentially the same thing where my character got turned to stone, and then I went to bed in real life, <laughs> and everyone else stayed on, and shenanigans ensued, and I found out the next day that they had sold my character statue and done this whole backstory thing <laughs> that this was just supposed to be like combat arena, no real role-playing, and they had gone on this tangent and I basically had to be DM rescued from the bowels of some guy's museum. <laughs> you can't sell a petrified person without their consent, guys. <laughs> oh, yes, you can. They can bullshit on that. Yeah, I think it was orcs. Some really dumb orcs bought Steve for a yeah. decent amount. Yeah. It was good. Yeah, it was uh, great. Put you we're in going the basement. least believable direction possible. So it was a couple of art collectors. <laughs> yeah, there there was some similarities, and I thought that was funny. Mm. Also, similarity to our games. If we're going there, um, Tucker is essentially Mark's character in my Theria game. Oh, yeah, I, I thought it was. Uh, you know, I, I don't expect to come across too many Minotaur uh, bards slash barbarians, so it was pretty interesting to hear that come out. Yeah, Michael, I've been talking about the Barbarian for a while. I remember in our little group chat when we were discussing what classes and stuff, he was really excited. He was like, oh, I'm going to have so much health. <laughs> That's you a know, real I, low bar. They, yeah. They can be real powerhouses. Uh, when we were doing some of the test test fights with uh, with Steve, he was getting a little pissed off at, at the amount of just damage they can soak up. <laughs> yeah. It was a real pain in the ass. <laughs> So I, uh, I think Michael's in a good position. He he should be able to uh, to be a pretty strong party member there. Oh man, he's having a blast! Like I remember after the call, he was talking. He was like, "Oh, in his typical Michael, I had so much fun, you guys. I've never had this much power before." And I'm just like, <laughs> "Oh man!" Like you can hear it. Like I can hear his eye twitching. I'm like, "Okay, all right." Uh, <laughs> he's actually right. got bulging veins in his forehead. Yeah, he actually hit in rage in real life. Let, let uh, me ask you a question. Oh, go go ahead, Dave. Sorry. No, I was just gonna. I had something too, but I I don't know if did Mark get a turn, and then it, I wasn't sure. But if you have something, go ahead. Oh yeah, no, I I asked a question earlier. Okay, we can, we'll go we can to keep moving through the list. All right, sounds good. Okay, so 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 this is sort of related to some of the stuff. That, so when I, I always think of Braylon as having been involved in probably my favorite character introduction of all time. And it wasn't Braylon. Braylon's character introduction, which I actually had a hard time remembering when I was thinking about this, <laughs> but it was, it was uh, Calden's and the, 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 the whole thing that you guys had in the, in the, the bar and, and you know, that, that introduction was really great. Um, and then uh, you guys developed into this, you know, sort of team over time. And obviously then into R2, um, so, so you you guys had this connection uh, all through that, and then 
uh, now jumping into arc three where you're with uh f f first of all without without uh ian in the group but then with yeah and, and i guess uh karen's in the same group but mm -hmm. uh, what's it what's it like sort of changing from you know the group one, one group from uh arc one to then arc two slash three and then now to four what, what's it like as you sort of transit tr tr transition between those and and get it going with new players I always like this kind of transition because it's like, uh, it reminds me of like when you're in school, in grade school and you're like, all right, you're going to go to third grade and you're going to have this new teacher and you're going to have a bunch of different classmates. I see it as an opportunity, one, to play with cast members who I normally wouldn't have played with otherwise, just because of, you know, like distance wise and probably different interests in different groups. Uh, for example, with group B, you know, I never played. I have never played with anyone like, quite like the personality that is Valerie. That's that's, <laughs> that's somebody who, in like real life, I, I probably would have no way of becoming their friend just because of you know, like uh, the cultural barriers of someone who's in college and then you know myself who's working in a professional career. And usually, when I play D and D in real life, it's with other people in my industry or people in similar industries who are either older than me or significantly a little bit younger. But never with like you know someone who's in college or studying to. I think she's studying to be a doctor. I forget, but she's doing something where there's a lot of school involved. Um, so that's it's always to me. It's always fun. It's always fun to have a new group and new players. So with this new group, having the personalities that are Michael, Mandy, uh, and and Karen, um, it's very very interesting to see how the dynamic shifts in terms of like well who's gonna ascend or kind of like you know, float to the top as the natural party leader. And then during our talks, it just happened to be Karen during our like discussions on planning what this group was going to, you know, what characters we're going to have in this group. It just emerged. And I was like, I, I really like when that happens because it feels supernatural and it makes the game, the gameplay and the RP feel even more natural. Um, and I, th I think that benefits from having fewer players per group too. Yeah. Yeah. You, you get, you get a lot more time to kind of talk with the other cast members slash players and just get to know them a little better like karen and i knew each other because of the last arc and uh i think we played some patreon game together i can't remember because i've died in so many of those uh <laughs> Pro probably strad i think it was, was it strad no because she was i don't know no, no i don't remember i think it was the i don't oh, might have been one of the monster hunter groups yeah 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 i think that's what it was the monster hunter one I went through like three characters in that one. The, the ill-fated Atheus groups. <laughs> oh man, Atheus. Fuck that place. That was brutal. <laughs> yeah, that place is rough. Uh but it's 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 always interesting to me. And I really, really look forward to it. And this time is no different. Um I think for one, I didn't expect Michael like listening to Michael on the show, I expected one thing in terms of how he played. And then getting to play with him and like seeing him in action, it's like, oh wow. Like he really took this idea and ran with it, and it's amazing to see. Um, it's unfortunate that Mandy got turned to stone in the first episode, but <laughs> you know, I, I feel like it's really going to help motivate us to, or at least in my character, Tobin, it's going to help motivate him. Like, all right, I got to do a better job at making sure people who can't take a hit aren't taking hits. I, I hope she's a ranged warrior in the future with the, yeah, maybe. With <laughs> the four con or she has yeah. backup character ready because uh it's bad news because I, 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 I yeah i bet that she's gonna go ranged i have a feeling we haven't talked about it yet well she has a four con it's not like she can even run away yeah she's gotta stay in the back 
Well, I mean, we can always supplement it with like armor and buffs and stuff, but then that you go into like the the semantics of like, well, what if this situation happens? And it's like, well, well, then you're screwed. Yeah, like when you have to make a poison save. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Michael, Michael lasted all the way to the end of uh, arc three with two hit points or whatever he had. So <laughs> you never know. Yeah, I think it was like 15. <laughs> Something ridiculous. Yeah. Well, they got boosted a bunch of levels at the end, so I think he ended up probably in like the low 30s. That's but for terrible. A lo- for like for level- a long time, he had like 15 hit points. It was like level okay, level nine characters with low 30 hit points? No. That's not- yeah. <laughs> that's- <laughs> yeah. And for, for a while, I think an Amvin was like 13 to 15 hit points. Oh my god. Yeah. Which is... <laughs> It's really bad in Jason double all the damage land. So, yeah. yeah. And you know, when he has a monster he really likes or encounter he really likes, there, he, he, well, he never really, he normally doesn't hold back anything, but like when it's a situation he really likes, an encounter or a monster, oh man, he, I admire him for this as a DM because he'll go wild with it. It becomes ultra realistic. It's like someone flipped a switch and is like, oh, you like hard mode? Here's insane mode. It's like that uh, the video of how to beat Insane Mode Diablo and the kids just running around throwing the feed and the chickens are chasing him. I don't know if you guys have ever seen that one. <laughs> I have not. This sounds like the the clackor or however you pronounce that from uh, Group B and and Arc Two where you guys ran into that thing. And oh my god! That that was a, that was a rough encounter. <laughs> yeah, and what made it worse was that. It had it doesn't have it had tremor sense and blind sense or whatever and doesn't have ears so none of my spells would have worked right. on it and it was it's not like he planned for Tatiana and Braylon to be the two that found it it's just like any two party members or any any party members in general who decided to veer off from the group and go into the shop were going to get met with one of these things and I was like damn that was like <laughs> perfect trap and then you became a meme. Or Braylon became a meme. <laughs> yeah. You got a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, I never got one. Oh, man. I was like, they should have no. sent you that hooked one. Me I mean, up. Yeah, Jason hooked me up. He's like, you know, you know how much t-shirts cost? And I was like, okay, fair. But like, I'm me. Can I have I a know, shirt? I know Lisa had one of the Yellowrath shirts. She did, yeah. I think she bought hers, though. Just saying, Jason, if you're listening, <laughs> I'm still waiting for the shirt, man. <laughs> uh, okay. I, I guess Steve didn't have a question the first time, so I'm doubting he has one now. But maybe, maybe. no, I came, I came fully unprepared. Okay, but well, <laughs> I have a, I, I have something about respect the crit. Oh, um, so without digging into the, um, so I, respect the crit is is really great. By the way, if you're out there and you haven't listened to it, oh yes, um, please please listen to it. It's great stuff. It is. I, I, yeah. I, I have well Star Wars for now, right? Like there might be Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Future, yeah. I guess. But mm-hmm. the Star Wars doesn't seem to be ending anytime soon. So um but I guess my question is about uh not the characters or anything like that, but um when you were meeting in person or even now I know you're you're virtual now or mm-hmm. you were the last time that I checked, like how long is a session and then it gets cut down to an episode or do you record like multiple at a time or how, how does that usually work out? Because I know there's a lot of editing involved in this. So oh, yeah. All, all Ian, by the way, great work by Ian. Our, the shit out of these. Our dear friend, friend of the show, friend of the channel, friend for life, Ian Duncan. Uh, amazing, amazing editor. I think he's a professional editor in real life. That's why he's so good. 
because yeah. he does it, he does it for for uh, TV shows, I think, uh, and animated shows, and he does great work with the show. Um, not only is it a joy to have him DM, but listening to like the creative choices he makes, it's just it's very inspiring. I'm just like, damn, like how do I get to that level of like confidence? And then you talk to him, and he's like, I had no idea that this was going to work out. Like when he makes certain changes. And I'm like, oh, I really like this part. He's like, thanks. I kind of, you know, BS'd it, but I guess it worked. I'm like, oh, come on, man. Just take take the compliment. You know, I think it's everyone on the show is pretty bad at taking compliments on Respect the Crit and on DNR. We're all really bad at taking compliments whenever someone's like, oh, this is great. And we're like, why are you lying? What do you want from me? And I'm impressed with like his voice work and all the different characters, the accents. Keeping oh, yeah. up with the pronunciations of stuff in the Star Wars universe alone is crazy. It's a nightmare. Also, I just realized I didn't answer your question. I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. That's okay. <laughs> uh, so it's up to him normally. It's up to Ian. So in the beginning, when we first when we were first recording, he wanted to make sure he had enough, you know, in, in the can so that we could have like a backlog. So we recorded on, f- I think, three to four different days. And each one was split into two. Uh, the mm-hmm. session times the, the, for those were like, I think we played for maybe three and a half to four hours, I want to say. Okay. Was, it was pretty typical. Now we play, I want to say two and a half to three hours. It's like maybe an hour back, but sometimes the episode might go a little long and then we realize halfway through, like this is going to be like a, a two-parter. This is going to be one that we can split in the middle. So it's really, it's really up to what happens in the story and how much time that we plan to dedicate to the recording that day. And it helps because we do it on weekends normally. So usually yeah. uh, we were pretty much free. I think we've done a weeknight recording once, uh, but it's tough because, you know, Jamie's working, I'm working. And even though we're all most, I think we're working from home. Uh, it's still pretty difficult because some of the jobs, like the one I have now, sometimes they want to keep me till like, like today they're trying to keep me till seven. And I was like, Oh no, sorry. I can't. I have other stuff I got to do. Bye. Blah, blah. Yeah. <laughs> So in that case, there's like we get a little more than half of the stuff makes it into the show probably, and and there's another forty five minutes or an hour that's like the cutting room floor stuff. I'm guessing. Uh, I don't, I feel like you guys get like ninety percent of what we record. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the only thing he doesn't keep is like if we start like if we start going too ham on personal stuff. Yeah, <laughs> he'll cut that out right away. I've always, I've been on the camp of like, you know what? If someone got something to say, I'll, I'll say it. I'll, I'll put it on there. And I know that Jason's had issues with that in the past where we had to like, not him, but you know, he's like, okay, now this is not going to make it to the recording because he'll jump in also. Uh, yeah, that yeah. I'm not going to say exactly what. There have been a couple things that have made it onto the DNR show that I'm like, oh, I really wish that wasn't on there. Because- <laughs> It got super, super personal. I can think of one thing in particular near the end of arc three that I'm like, oh, I, that's kind of bad. <laughs> but it's okay. I think it's um, better than arc one where guys were throwing around, you know, derived oh, yeah. words and stuff. So I'm glad that yeah. changed. Yeah, something that was rough. I guess uh, I'll, I'll let Mark go. But the last thing I was going to say about Respect the Grit was just my favorite part about it. And it was a, a part that I liked in like early DNR too. But um not it didn't happen so much in arc two and arc three, but I think it might in arc four is like you guys are involved a lot in the world building stuff because mm-hmm. Ian will be like, and what do you think this looks like? And like you, you describe stuff or you're like, well, this is how I want to do it. And I imagine this guy's kind of like this. And I like all of that world building stuff and how involved the players are in it. So yeah. 
That's I, I think that's another big one for me. It's because Ian really likes theater of the mind. And so yep. when we were, even when we we're doing it in person, like in person games, there was just a really like a the fantasy flight system for Star Wars RPG has this like a uh, band system for distance. So there's like close range is a circle. You're like in the main circle. There is uh, medium range and long range is like these these other circles that are around it. They're called bands. And so there's not a whole lot of things you could do with a map, you know, if you actually had a grid system. So the system kind of tends to lend itself towards Theater of the Mind, and he really, really enjoys running those kind of things. At first, I hated Theater of the Mind. I remember the first time I ran, like, a D&D game myself, I was like, no, 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 I'm using grids, I'm using rulers, we're using all this stuff. And then as time went on, I'm like, you know, Theater of the Mind just works so much well because you have to, everyone has to be involved. Especially when I used to run my first games, I ran it with, like, seven to eight players, so it was really hard to wrangle everybody. So whenever we do Theater of the Mind for um, Respect the Crit, I always have a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of respect for Ian and running it. It takes a lot of effort. And also, it helps that he's open to you know, us saying, hey, can this be here? Or I envision this being like this. And if it's not too far-fetched, he'll be like, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Or, well, let's think of it this way. And he'll you know, flip it around to whatever the narrative was that he was trying to convey the first time. And that, that doesn't sound like a surprise, given that Ian, as you know, since the episode Calden came in on, has been here's my super description for everything I'm doing. Oh yeah. So that none of that's a surprise. Yeah. <laughs> he, I he, he is the you know the the blueprint for everyone and Susan has said it and a lot of people have said it of I'm gonna do an Ian and then they give this long description of everything <laughs> that's happening. But yeah. it's it's generally worth it. Ah, yeah, it's always worth it, man. I'm gonna do an Ian. Oh I didn't know she was it. <laughs> I don't know we had a name for it. Yeah, and even um, you know, from the very beginning with respect to Crit, it, it always came across as uh a, him laying it out like a storyboard. You mm-hmm. know, it's it's the camera pans up and you're seeing this and it it just has that uh that real theatrical flair to it. And the the difference in that system compared to like a five E system and the way that you guys are able to do just a lot more collaborative storytelling makes it uh a really compelling listen. Whereas in a, in a regular D&D, it's, yeah, okay, I built this world, I got this town, I'll give you the description. But the the storytelling itself ends up being the, the actions, whereas in Respect the Crit, the storytelling is not just the actions of your character. Yeah, I, th- I think you're right. I think it tends to the, it's the system design overall, and I think that's one of the reasons why Jason's talking about, like, oh, you know, I want to make my own system, I want to do this, because it it's... We can feel the restriction. It doesn't matter what system we play in. We can all of us can feel different restrictions. Like in the Star Wars game, the restriction is well, you know, everything in this world can hit you, and it will if you piss it off. Uh, whereas in D anD D, you know, you, DMs are kind of like, oh, you get this warning, like you know, you probably shouldn't fight this guy, or you probably shouldn't fight this animal. Uh, in the Star Wars game, in, in fantasy play Star Wars game, it's like everything has the potential to cripple you, as you've probably heard from the I think a few episodes back. We got critically injured, I think, from the, the the dust tornado episode, where the we're having like a shootout, and then they knock down uh, Lo, and she gets shot or something, but she's okay. But critical injuries in the game system, in the, in the fantasy fight game system, are no joke. Like they will wreck you. They they stay with you until you. It's like oh, you need like a doctor and a hospital bed to get rid of this critical injury. It doesn't go away just from long rest. Like it it stays with you. And I Absolutely. like that idea. Is 
it shouldn't just be a oh, well someone waves their hand and you shrug it off yeah it's more of like you gotta someone waves their hand because they're giving you your last rights as you're <laughs> bleeding out on the back of a truck getting shot out by lasers yeah and i i kind of like the idea of pulling back the curtain in that the you know the game master has these dark side and and they're able to actually use them against you to say no we're going to go ahead and turn it this direction and just make oh. it a little bit harder you know yeah. it, it, D&D it's, it's a big thing of well you're not supposed to be trying to win against the DM but in you know as you guys are doing respect the crit it's, it's not that it's a win it's a matter of it's it's showing those struggles and being very transparent about them mm. yeah but the problem <laughs> I think we were prepared for dark side points and light side points because Jason as a DM and DNR, he's always told us, he's like, I, there is no easy mode. Like this is areas rough. And I think that's one of the things I admire about DNR so much is that he's the kind of DM Jason's the kind of DM where it's like, I want to be able to get to the point where I'm running my games. And I'm like, instinctively, I already know, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to throw this at them. He's a, he's a good, he has a good judgment of limits and how far something should be pushed. I think is what I like about him. And then likewise on Respect the Crit, uh, Ian uses the light side, dark side as more as narrative tools. And I really enjoy that aspect. That's so like, I feel like they're both two sides of the same coin, right? It's just different applications overall. Yeah, if you're going to throw something into the world, you can't be afraid to use it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me yeah. just say, I vote dark side on every one of those polls on Twitter. Uh, well, they, it, you know what? It, it hardly ever turns up dark side, though. No, so. that's not true. The first <laughs> three or four times Ian did it, we lost. It was dark. Well, we lost. Well, that's we because there were only three of us voting back then. <laughs> <But> now, <laughs> now there's like 30, and my vote doesn't count as much as it used to. I'm going to have to get a Dominion voting machine you so know I, can, I can win. It, it's it's like you want It sounds like you're trying to blame the electoral college, Dave, and I won't. Yeah, it's, it's rough. I, I'm being cheated. <laughs> you have to donate Careful, more Dave. money. Yeah, up <laughs> your Patreon. I just want to say, Alex, that you, you said earlier that you guys don't uh, you don't take uh, compliments well, but I, I've I've thrown out a whole bunch of them on the Discord and and uh, uh, around uh, respect the crit and and same thing goes for for DNR though, but but. Uh, the three of you guys on, on uh, uh, Respect the Crit are a great team. I, it, I really, really enjoy the podcast a lot. Uh, thank uh, you, sir. If anybody's listening to this and hasn't hasn't listened, you guys absolutely have to listen because it's it's really terrific. Appreciate it. It's a. Uh, I think for us, you know what it is. I think it's same with you and I. When we're whenever we're getting together and we're recording, I forget sometimes that we're recording. It just feels like we're playing a game, which we are ultimately. And after getting used to Group B for so long, I felt like oh, I wasn't going to I wasn't going to record DNR. I was going to go play DNR. I was going to go play a game with my friends. It was sad to switch to the next the next group, but I look forward to feeling the same way with them because I think that's when you know the personalities really shine through when all those cylinders are firing off the, at the correct times too. Like with respect to credits, because there was only Jamie and me trying to survive, trying to keep ourselves alive, <laughs> you know. And then, of course, in Theria, the whole your little group of adventurers are trying to keep each other alive as well, unless you are DRP, in which case you really don't care about the other person. <laughs> that was great too, though. Uh, yeah, DRP's fun. I can't wait till that one comes back. So I've got I got one more question, and and I don't 
I don't believe that you've really talked about this before, but at at the point where um, where Braylon gets taken out by the dragon, and we don't, you know, it just it ends, and then we don't hear anything. How long did you have to wait before you knew whether or not you were bringing Braylon back, or if you were having to roll up a new character? Oh, I was kept in the dark. I want to say from the moment it happened, probably about two days. And then Jason got back to me. He's like, all right, so what are, what are we going to do with this? And then he, I was like, well, I don't know. What should I do? He's like, well, let's operate under the impression that you're making a new guy. I was like, okay, well, I'm going to make a monk. Then. <laughs> <You know? laughs> so so he that was like, his option. You held him, you held him uh, hostage by saying you had to put up with a monk otherwise. Nah, no, 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 hostage. It was more just like he's like, well, let, let's let give me some ideas and let's see what we can work with. And I was like, hey, well, I want to make a monk. He's like, if you, yeah, that could work. You know, just give me some ideas. So I had like the prototype for Tobin, which was a half elf monk. Um, I forget his backstory. I have it somewhere, but it was a little different. You know, uh, he doesn't. He he hadn't. He wasn't from the the continent with the monastery, but there was somebody in his life who was and taught him how to fight. Um, and then I want to say a few days after that, like I threw him some ideas. He was like, all right, we're going to record a new episode. I'm like, what, what, what do you, how, what? <laughs> and then we, you know, recorded it. And then the whole thing with the, uh, with daddy Vecna showing up happened. And I was like, oh, okay. I see. I see what he did there. I like that. So I they didn't did remember- you know did you know before the episode or did you find out? I, I think I found out during, I want to say I found out during, but he gave like some hints like, Oh, don't worry. Like things, it's things good handled, you know, don't worry about it. And I'm like, what? Okay. I, that's, I, I can't remember, but I, I know I came in blind. I know that I was like, uh, under the impression that like they were going to go somewhere and probably find my character or something like that. So then were you actually uh, excited or what was the, what kind of emotions were you going through when you found out that, that Braylon was coming back as a revenant? So I was juiced. I was ready. I was like, Oh my God, I'm, I'm coming back. Like I remember that episode. I'm like, yeah, back, back in action. And he's like, Oh, and your skin is gray. And I'm like, Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Hold on. <laughs> Pause. Uh, but it was interesting because I saw it as not poetic justice, but kind of like a nice, Almost like full circle because Actoronis was also one of Braylon's good friends. I don't know if right. people seem to forget that, but like that was that was one of his his uh, his homies. From... Hey, you joined at the same time. Yeah, the old, he well technically he joined first, then died, then came back. Huh. So, and he was a revenant. Oh, that's right. He, yeah, he got stomped, and then he you came stabbed. in. Yeah, he got yeah. stepped on by the Briar Troll. Uh, and so I thought of it interesting as how Braylon becomes a revenant, and it's like, oh shoot, like. Now I'm in the same shoes as one of my good buddies was, except he knew Braylon knew that, okay, if I get the goal accomplished, you know, I get, I get to be a real life boy. I'm not Pinocchio anymore. Side question to that. As the recipient of the Calden speech during that episode, which was live at Theriathon, um, you know, Braylon had, just died you weren't sure you know what was going to happen with all that how do you manage during ian's i don't know how long that his kind of monologue was where he was holding braylon and all that i actually came in because i had been working 
I came in in the middle of that speech and I'm like, what in the hell is happening? <laughs> so I guess the question is, and what's it like to sit on the other end of that? You're, you know, the character you've been playing for a couple years at that point had died and going through all that live on, on the stream and everything. Uh, I always have this moment, like when we're in a battle and I, I, I've, I have the same issue with like video games, like especially tactical video games. I love them and I hate them, but like I always have the moment where I'm in a battle and I'm losing. I'm like, Oh God, it's just like, it's the feeling of defeat and just like, ah, there's no way out. Like, okay, what if I do this now? You try to find little avenues or maybe there's something you missed. It's just this sense of dread, you know, and it happens. It's part of life. It happens all the time with any type of game or entertainment where there's a competition, there's a winning side and there's going to be a losing side. Uh, And especially with like D and D, you have all this effort and time poured into a character and you have, there's nothing you can do and you have to watch them get melted by dragon fire or stepped on by a troll, stepped on by a dinosaur, killed by Pippins. You know, there's all kinds <laughs> of different, there's different things that can happen. Uh, so yeah. part of me gets, gets frustrated. Like, ah, like it's when, it, when my character dies or, you know, died or whatever. But knowing that, the story continues and the wheel keeps on turning and there's always going to be another character or there'll be a new life that's sprung either from this outcome or something, maybe a chain of events causes something else to happen in which another character, you know, gets brought into the group. I see it kind of like the, I don't know, like the cycle of like birth and death. It's just something ends so that something else can begin. Uh, and of course I do feel frustrated at first when the character dies, but I know that there's literally, it's all up to the dice. There was nothing else to blame, but chance itself. Well, I, I really respected your choice to, uh, to play through that the way that you did. I think I remember you saying, and, and it might've been on an extended rest that, you know, you're like, well, Alex knew not to stand that close to the dragon, but Raylan wouldn't have known that. Yep. Yeah. And I made like, damn the wrong, you mean it's like you have to make, I call it making the wrong call. In D and D, that's the only acceptable time where I think making the wrong call won't get you fired. Well, in this case, literally to get me fired because I got burned alive. But <laughs> like, you make the wrong call in D and D, it's you probably made the right call. You know, like Braylon standing too close to the dragon because as a, as a support, he knows like, okay, I have to be mid range. I have to do this, this, and this. He didn't know that like, oh shit, this thing's gonna look at me and kill me first for some reason. You know, Alex knew like, well, if I'm out in the middle, <laughs> it's like prime time slime time it's like just right there it's like splash zone seats at uh, universal studios when you get to the water world right of the, the show <laughs> um same thing has happened i i used to run a, a ravnica game here in, in la when uh when one of my friends lived down here it was me I, I run it it was him my girlfriend ian and another one of my good buddies would come and play and I'll, uh, most of the time my, my good friend who moved away he he's played D for a long time probably as long as i have and he knows, like, he's very good at min-maxing, and I hate it. But when it comes to story stuff, he will always be the first guy whose character, if they're honorable, will be, like, standing between the party and certain death. And he knows that, well, my character will probably die, but that's what this is what he would do. So I use, I use him as, like, a kind of like a guiding star. I would think, what would Peter do in this situation if, like, his character, or if he was playing my character and he was positioned in the same, in the same spot? And then, of course, you have to think about, well, what would the character do at the same time? Uh, in a in a show where there where it is more character and story based, that's pretty much the way you have to do it. I know metagaming is kept to a minimum. Oh, but yeah. I 
we've probably all played in, in D and D games where uh, I'm going to do what's best for me so I can survive and <laughs> go on to min max my way to fame and fortune. But yeah, that, that seems like the way to go in it in that bit with Braylon and the dragon. That was a, a heart wrenching thing. I don't know if you checked in on the chat when everyone was losing their mind. <laughs> no, we we're told to not look at the chat because it could influence stuff, and I think it's that's a fair assessment. Yeah, you know, it, we're, we're pretty uh, easy to influence. I feel like. To, that, that to go the... back and and watch the stream, and you can still see the chat. People lost their shit. <laughs> Glad I made some emotions at least. And some somewhere in the middle of that is me logging and going. What the fuck just happened? <laughs> I mean, there's no better evidence of not looking at the chat than the fact that Jason looked at the chat and we ended up with hours of mommy jokes and things because he did and, and he fell for Mandy's traps. So, <laughs> yeah. you know, you got to stay out of that chat. That goes to Jason, too. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, he knows. Yeah, I think either he or Brianna looks during Theriathon. One of them. Oh, they probably both do, but as a cast member, I know we're not supposed to look. And I think it's fair, because it's like, I don't want anything I see in there to influence my choices. I mean, because it's tough. Like, I think we, you know, talking about what your character would do over what you would do. It's tough sometimes to maintain that course, especially if you got like, you know, 40 or 50 people in there being like, oh, no, do this. No, no, do this. That's why when I used to watch the live shows of Critical Role, which is very difficult to do because everyone's shouting all the fucking time, uh, you can hear people shouting things, and I'm like, man, how do they keep how do they just stay focused on what their characters would do without, you know, outside influence affecting them? I mean, you just got to learn to tune it out, I guess. And I think in our, in our case, minimizing the, the Twitch window so you don't see it is the perfect way to minimize influence. Yeah, I know it's hard. It's hard. Like even little rules things come up because it's like, no, Val, you have another attack. Like, <laughs> oh, things <my> like that. <laughs> I, it, I believe... Something. In game, in game, I would mute myself, but I'd be like, "No, you have another attack." But I'm like, "You know what? No, let her figure it out. It's okay. If you, if you don't remember, you don't get it." Yeah, and she's already dealing like thirty points of damage on her first attack, so it's like, ah, she'll figure it out. And she did. It took a little bit, but she did. Yeah, I would say, Dave, you're responsible for bear weight, so you're not one to talk. <laughs> wasn't entirely me. There was a lot of stuff going on with bear weights. There was a a bear weight by committee. It wasn't one person. Yeah, there was a lot of stuff going on. I think Craig was involved also. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Um, All right, I think we've we've got a decent amount of time here. Uh, Does anybody have like any last little things for Alex? I think I might have just one little thing, but um, I, I guess the uh, the last it it really sounded like Izzy was going to play, and then I think it just got too late. Is that what happened? No, she. I think we only had her for a limited time. I was bummed, man. I was like, oh my god, we get Una, we get to because I know I know Una's rolled up on the table because somebody else was like, I can only select Una on here. So like, I know the character is rolled, and I'm like, I bet she was going to play, and then it just didn't work out or it might have i mean it might have been the plan if it was it wasn't made privy to all of us but yeah i think that maybe initially when jason first thought of it he was like oh maybe i'll have her play but time constraints and schedules because she's very busy too uh, yeah and it's very it was we started that game super late i remember yeah yeah so maybe that was the idea like a couple days beforehand and then as time went on he was like ah it might not be feasible to do this but we can at least have her for the cameo which i thought was yeah. fun. but man it would be 
it would have been sweet to fight side by side with Una. Like to think of what Jason would have done with a with a fifth edition leveled up Una. Oh my god. Yeah, no, because I, I think whatever ritual thing it was was like gonna work on exactly enough people to let Una get it too. I was like, oh, this is gonna happen, and it's like, oh no, Izzy's gotta go to work. Like, okay, <laughs> real life calls. <laughs> Never mind. Yeah. Oh, there was mention of um, plugging your thing. Oh, uh, I stream Mondays, uh, Tuesdays. Sometimes Wednesdays because I have a D&D game, but that's on pause because one of the people is going to visit their family for an extended period of time. So Monday, Tuesday, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. Normally, you can catch me on Twitch. I am WadeWolf10, W-A-D-E-W-O-L-F-1-0 on Twitch. I play right now, and I, I'm, I've fallen for it. I'm playing Destiny 2 again, and I'm deep in it. I've spent money on it. Uh, so you can come watch me shoot some space aliens with my friends. Uh, I also play a lot of city builders. So Kingdoms and Castles is one I've been super obsessed with on and off for like two years. They've improved the game greatly. I also play a lot of Fall Guys, and I suck at it. I used to be good. I'd win crowns. (laughs) Now I haven't won a crown in, I don't know, I think three months, and I feel terrible. So you should realize that um, you're talking to a bunch of old guys, so we don't know about (laughs) these games (laughs) Destiny I, I, do, I think Destiny 2 is old enough for all, all the No, I, I know what those are, but, okay. um, but yeah. Uh, I, I, I Speak for yourself, thing, sir. Speak for yourself. <laughs> I, I believe I watched a little bit of you streaming Chrono Trigger one time. Oh, that's when I started. Yeah. Yeah, that's when I started taking it seriously. Yeah. 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 I, okay. I could... We, no, I'm not going to do it. I was going to say... Chrono Trigger is literally the best game ever made in the existence of mankind, and I stand by it, and I, I don't believe there'll be another JRPG that's equal to this masterpiece that was presented to us at the... I think either you can say it was the almost 99% the correct time for it to come out, or it was completely the wrong time. Depends on how you see it, but I think it came out the right time. I think Square or Squaresoft at the time struck gold when they made Chrono yeah. Trigger, and it's a shame... That Nintendo are cowards and will not put it on the Switch <laughs> under the Super Nintendo Entertainment System games. Nintendo, if you're listening to this, don't be a coward. Stop giving me Fire Emblems and Shining Force. I don't want them. Also, stop yeah. listening to this. Why are you listening to this? Why are you listening to this? <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah, I think uh, Chrono Trigger and Final Fantasy VI, like right around the same time, were were really amazing. They were the oh, so. God. You're speaking my language right now, Dave. That's uh, so. I pretty much only play JRPGs. So that's that's pretty much it for me. Um, mm-hmm. I'm currently playing Trails of Cold Steel Three, which is really interesting. Oh. Um, I don't know if you played any of the Trails games, but no, no, I've heard people talk about them. Yeah, they're really traditional JRPGs. I bought the definitive edition, and then I realized after I got it that all that that means is it comes with a bunch of bikinis for all the girl characters. <laughs> <laughs> that's how they get you. Special <laughs> like, yeah. cosmetics. Yeah, so that's all that it is. It's a lot of different uh, hairstyles and outfits and stuff. So but, the, uh, it has mechs in it, right? Do what? It has mechs? has like the mechanized units? Yes, yeah, it yeah. does. Yeah. Okay. And and it has this tropey thing that happens. Like every time you get in a battle, it's like, oh no, what are we going to do? And then some new character shows up. Like every <laughs> single time if somebody comes in from the outside and starts shooting people it for you. Be, it wouldn't be a JRPG without 56 characters. Oh yeah, there's so many characters. It's yeah. ridiculous. So, yeah. but it's it's pretty fun. So, 
anybody else got anything? I think we're wrapping up. No, I, I just apologize for vaguely insulting you earlier. <laughs> oh, that's fine. I didn't even understand it, so. <laughs> Can't call any fouls if I don't see them. All right, there you go. Good enough. All right, well, uh, thanks a lot for coming on here. We did get a couple people in the chat. I saw Vathrak is out there, and... Oh, Vathrak's a homie. Vathrak watches my streams. Yeah, we have a couple more people, too. Um, I won't say the names of the people in the chat, but... Oh, hey, um, you show up, you get a shout-out. <laughs> That's what happens. Well, maybe if you talk, you get a shout-out. <laughs> <laughs> but... Fair. Fair enough. <laughs> I will I will post the podcast version of this and I'll I'll put this video on the YouTube channel and stuff. Um, nice. Yeah. So this this kind of came from this is on the Theriacon um, Theriacon Discord, which I don't I don't think you've been involved in that at all. But so that's the thing that we do. Uh, we've done it twice now mm-hmm. um, to raise money for Extra Life. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is to kind of keep stuff on this channel throughout the year. So we kind of keep people around and interested for next year's. Oh, nice. Uh, you're, already, you're already leaps and bounds above plenty of uh, community managers I've worked with at past jobs. So yeah. <laughs> yeah so doing, our, doing great things. Yeah. We did really crazy well this year. Um, there's a, we did a finale game with, uh, do you guys remember who played in the finale game? I don't even remember. We had six cast members, or was I'm it five? Pretty sure it was Susan. I, I Ian, Rob, Rob. Uh, Xavier, and they played like their old characters. So Xavier played Actoronis, <gasps> and etc. So that there is a recording of that out there. I, I can send you a link if you want. Oh yeah, um, for sure. But it was like five fans paid to play against. Um, I think it ended up being six cast members in the end. And I forgot Mandy and Ryan. So I don't, I don't want to leave people out, <laughs> but uh, that, yeah. So we, we did crazy well with that. And so, yeah, we're planning next year already and kind of keeping this Twitch channel going as part of that. So uh, probably sometime in January, we'll be back with uh, more announcements and to start a very slow drip of money. <laughs> for next year. No, every, every little bit counts for Extra Life. I love Extra Life. I always do it for uh, the Children's Hospital in Oakland because I have aunts and cousins who work there. Yeah. So nice. I'm always trying to, like, when I, did, when I did do Extra Life, like, I think the last time I did was, like, maybe three, four years ago. Uh, <laughs> I played, uh, I think it was Destiny 1. Oh, it must have been longer than I played Destiny 1 for, like, a whole day. And <laughs> I got home. So I started playing at, like, 10 a.m. Stopped at, I want to say, maybe five in the morning the next day. Fell asleep for an hour. Woke up because they had us go to our office at that time. And then I got on the train from the office, went home, passed out. Fell asleep for an entire day. I've never missed an entire day before that time. It was, it's the, if you want to time travel, do that. It's fun. So the, the advantage of this setup is that no one person has to stay up for 24 hours. <laughs> that's good. Yeah. How much do we raise this, this, this time, Dave? Uh, that's a really good question. Uh, I know we, we did like crazy more than, than we did last year, but uh, where was the final amount? I don't want to say a number that's wrong. Um, <laughs> they send you an email, I think, when you, when you finish. Uh, 
So whoever, yeah. has main account, whoever has the main account probably has an email that tells them the amount. Yeah, that's Brian has that for sure. But it was... Richard, and it wasn't a trivial amount. No, it's definitely not. Um, I have the link here. I will find it really quick. I think um, it was something like 6,000. I believe that's correct. Uh, well, no, this is not the right thing. Yeah, I don't have the I don't have the final number here somewhere. Whatever it was, it was totally crazy because we were we were thinking it was going to be we were we really struggled to match last year, which was like three thousand. So yeah, yeah. six thousand four hundred and forty five dollars. That's what we Whoa. ended up with this year. Yeah, it was crazy. So, you guys blew it out of the water, man. It, yeah, was, no, it, was, it was unbelievable. Holy moly! Yeah. We had so many people came up with like fun in game cheats and stuff. Um, <laughs> And then, like, that finale game, people were buying, like, you could buy an automatic crit for, like, $10 or something. And so, like, you know, like, Xavier came in and it's like, here's $50 for crits and stuff like that. So, <laughs> you know. Xavier. <laughs> yeah. We, we made a lot of just the finale game. I think it was, like, hundreds of dollars just nice. in that, that game. Awesome. So. Yeah, it, it was, was Canadian money, so it was only like three crits. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> slightly reduced. <laughs> yeah, they're just nineteens. You don't get the full twenties. Nope, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> nineteen and a third. All right. Well, I think um, I'm going to turn the stream off. And uh, thanks a lot for coming by. Yeah, it was great. Bye, everybody. Yeah, good talking to you, Alex. <laughs> yeah. Go. Talking to you guys next time. We'll see you at the, the next Dragon Con. Oh, God. I would like to even go once. You know? <laughs> <laughs> I, I am, yeah, I guess we'll see. <laughs> I mean, I, hopefully, I, you know, with the, we got that 90% vaccine looking good, you know, people wearing masks. I am ready to go. Even, you know what? Even without the mask, if they had that 90% vaccine, I'm ready to. I'm ready to go to somewhere where there's people. I'm tired of being cooped up in my house, man. Dude, I don't want to mask it up in the middle of Atlanta in September. Oh, you'll no, your mask will disintegrate. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> and then you can't eat cheese or drink beer if you got it on. So how's that going to work? I mean, I'm in Florida. It sucks here. So. <laughs> oh, God, I can only imagine. But certainly in Atlanta, it would not be great. No. I, can, uh... I, I don't know how the cosplayers do it. Yeah. There are people wearing like full-on armor. And they have to be just sweating their asses off. Usually, that's yeah. They say that's like a lot of. I follow a lot of cosplayers on Twitch, and that's what they say. Like this dude who dressed up as uh, Reinhardt for that that one thing they did what three years ago with the voice actor for Reinhardt. And they're all walking through 